Good day. And for those of you just joining us, this is going to be part two of the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders session with Carlin Carnahan, where we're talking about a wide range of topics around the future of insurance and the areas that she really sees are really kind of focused in and priorities for insurers over the next few years. So on to part two. And that really leads into the next topic. Traditionally, I remember being inside of an insurance company and being a CIO and, you know, we had our silos of you did this system, you did this system, you did that system. You know, sometimes they, they kind of integrated with each other, but, you know, they were pretty siloed. In today's world, when we look at core, we look at digital, we look at data, we look at distribution platforms, and then you kind of wrap ecosystems around it. How do they all fit together, you know, as we kind of look at this future of insurance that is yeah. going to be pretty dynamic and needing to be able to kind of, to your point, orchestrate a lot of this stuff together. They don't really operate independently. Yes, they'll, they'll handle the operational transactions, but they really have to, uh, they have to work really well together to really kind of deliver out to the customer what it is the customer is expecting. And I think this is one of the fundamental changes that is occurring and needs to occur within an insurance organization because generally each of those different kinds of systems is owned and managed by the business owner of that functional area, right? Underwriting owns policy admin, claims owns claims, marketing owns distribution, billing, uh, finance owns billing. And so folks will focus in on their own specific functional area without taking that step back to think about the customer experience. And so our own organization is what leads us to this internal focus, linear kind of a process. And so one of the, the exciting things to watch in the industry is the, 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 the role of the chief customer experience officer. I'll tell you that I've seen, <laughs> I've seen the deployment of that be a little bit mixed. Some organizations, you know, the primary role is how do we measure customer satisfaction? Yeah. But in the best situations, what we find are people that are able to help these different functional units, I think, at a broader level and collaborate and cooperate, right? I mean, there's no chief customer experience officer that's going to come into underwriting and say, hey, you have to underwrite differently. But they can come in and say, customers want certain kinds of things. How can we work together to build these different capabilities, whether it's yep. data pre-fill in order to streamline the quoting process? Um, or on the claim side, if it's, you know, video uh, first notice of loss, they can help to, to bridge that kind of cross-functional experience. So the, the core systems that are internally focused have the capability, uh, clearly then, of utilizing the data from these external digital capabilities. And that, I think, becomes the, the challenge in an organization. And I, I mentioned this earlier, but the ability to orchestrate the processes so that the, the data that you're gathering, for example, in the, the quoting process can be used perhaps in a fraud engine that can then determine if you're a good guy and take you down a different quoting path. The data from the video that is being captured in the claim first notice of loss can then be used down the road in the underwriting process to understand what is what the, the property looks like. Right? This, this cross-pollination of data and images I think is one of the more exciting potentials for the insurance industry. Um, yep. so, so how do these all fit together? I mean, I think that the core, I think what we mentioned is kind of the way that you process your business today. The digital capabilities are how you deliver a great customer experience. The data is what glues it all together. Now, we've been talking mostly, I, I think it'd be interpreted as policyholder customer experience, but for most insurance companies, 
the agent is as important a constituent as the, the policyholder. And most insurance companies that I speak with are actually spending more of their time and money looking at how to make the agent experience better. And, and agents, they're a very important constituent and they have a very different view of the world. They also, you know, highly value when the, the insurance company knows them and has a relationship. But what they're looking for is how do you make it easy for me to, to grow my book of business? And how do you make it easy for me to service my customer without being disintermediated? And that, I think, becomes a, a, a different kind of a challenge for insurance companies. Yep. Great. Kind of begin to kind of think about the impact of next generation technologies. There is so much potential um, to really help um, our transformation as a business and as an industry and to really kind of continue to really innovate. I look at how some of these next gen technologies have impacted other industries, you know, from big tech to banking, to finance, to retail, and the potential is just really, really exciting. What next-gen technologies are you excited about, and where do you see the, the impact and the potential for them for the industry? Yeah, that's such a hard question because there are so many really interesting things. I guess the three that, that initially come to mind, the Internet of Things, is yep. clearly a huge potential for us. The ability to get data from the devices themselves holds the, the potential to transform how we do business, right? If a vehicle itself can send a note to the insurance company saying, I have been damaged and these are the parts that are damaged, right? You don't even need a first notice of loss. The vehicle is making a first notice of loss. And, you know, that seems like a million years away. I don't know that it's that far away. <laughs> you know, there are, there, the, the data within the vehicle can, can calculate the likelihood of injury, can calculate the likelihood of a severe injury. Theoretically, they could, you know, send a, not only a, the, the notification to the insurance company, but it could send a notification to a rental car agency or to a tow truck or to emergency response vehicles. I mean, if you start thinking about that level of connectivity, this is a huge potential transformation. And, uh, you know, just thinking about it as a vehicle is one thing. Thinking about it as your home, yes. uh, thinking about it as the whole city. Yep. <laughs> There's some really interesting potential with the Internet of Things. I would also say images, the ability to, to convert images in, from unstructured data into structured data and to be able to use that across a wide variety of capabilities holds a ton of potential as well. Whether it's, you know, taking a video first notice of loss and using that image to determine the likelihood of fraud, whether it's taking a photograph of a damaged vehicle and being able to instantly estimate the repair cost within a, a small percentage, whether it's being able to take a video inventory of your home and convert that into, you know, the, the value of the lost property. The, this whole ability to utilize images and convert it into unstructured data I think has the potential not only to simplify the entire process for everybody, but to provide better data as well. And I, and I guess that would be the third thing would be data and our ability to utilize data more effectively uh, yep. would have to be maybe the number one. <laughs> yep. Well, at the end of the day, uh, this industry is products that we have and how we uh, support them is all built around data. So talk about, we kind of begin to wind up here, talk about the next evolution of insurance and what we, what we at Majestic call the future of insurance. 
where do you see the industry in the future? What excites you? And how do you think companies need to figure out their path to that future? Obviously, their strategy that you talked about previously, it's key to that. But having strategy and execution of strategy are two different things. And, you know, you and I <laughs> talked about this, that we found that a lot of people know, a lot of people plan, but not everybody's really executing on, on everything. And as as our CEO likes to say, Adam, um, execution is a strategy in and, of, in and of itself. So kind of what do you see as that future of insurance? What should companies begin to figure out? Yeah, you know, and I'm going to agree with Adam. I used to, when I was in biz school, I used to always joke that, you know, strategy doesn't actually matter because if strategy mattered, everybody would have the same one. <laughs> it's yeah. execution that matters, right? Yeah. Doing whatever you've chosen and doing it really well. So I'm going to completely agree with Adam on that. I guess what excites me the most, and, you know, I will confess, I tend to not be an analyst that is looking way out into the future. I tend to not be looking at, you know, I don't know, quantum computing or even blockchain, honestly. I, uh, I'm, that's just not where I'm focused. I'm focused on what's happening right now today. And what excites me the most is this, this shift in priority to focusing on a customer-centric approach. Now, I, I still think we have a long, long ways to go to shift from being an internally focused approach to a customer-focused approach, but, but I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing people move beyond making it fast and easy to, to shifting the process to thinking about it from a, a, different, um, a different viewpoint. It, this is not easy, by the way. This is very hard. Because typically an insurance company, you grow up in a particular functional area, and you know that very well. But typically, you don't get a lot of exposure to the other functions within an organization. It's not common for an underwriter to be a claims adjuster or for a, a, a billing person to move into loss control. And so there are very few folks who actually have that broad view across all of the functional areas within an insurance company and can see where the synchronicities are and can see where the gaps are. But we're starting to see this happen more and more. And that completely excites me because I do think that we have a lot of room to, to shift. Shifting the product, for example, we're, we're moving from being a pure indemnification product. You know, yeah. you have a loss and we give you cash to being one where services are being embedded in the product itself or in the, the claims after the product. And this is what helps to align the customer expectations. This ability to assemble a wide variety of digital capabilities to make that experience better, both for the agent and the customer. This, I think, is the, the truly exciting part of the business. The challenge that we have is finding the kinds of people who can take that viewpoint cross-functional. Uh, many insurance companies think, well, the way you have to do it is you have to bring in somebody from outside the industry. Um, and that might be true. It might be that, you know, if you grow up in one functional area, you are so rooted in that area that you can't see, you can't see sideways, you can't twist it. I'm not convinced that that's the case. I think bringing people in from outside the industry can help with that. But I think that there are a number of extraordinarily talented people in this industry who you know, are making a huge difference and are, are changing the industry from the inside out. And I completely applaud that. It's, it's completely exciting to see all of this occurring. Um, watching, you know, we, we do something called the Model Insurer Awards and the submissions have all just been coming in. They literally have, have been coming in. The, the deadline was two weeks ago. And so we've begun reviewing them. It's extraordinary what, what companies are doing out there. So I'm excited when we get to announce the winners and write up the case studies because it's just, 
really exciting to see what, what insurance companies are doing and how smart people are at figuring out how to fill these gaps. Cass, I would say early in my career or, or different times in my career, and I'm sure you experienced the same thing, Carlin, people like you and I who tend to kind of be outside the box thinkers, kind of get excited about a lot of things, have a lot of energy, kind of see some things. Sometimes we're kind of considered kind of disruptors, you know, and sometimes that works. <laughs> rabble you know, rousers. Sometimes You're that worked in organizations. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work. You know, if it didn't work, you know, they just wanted to kind of continue down the same way. They've always done business and you figured out, well, that's not really the company we need to work for anymore. But now mm -hmm. it's like you really want a balance of some of those disruptors who are those outside the box thinkers with people who can continue to really kind of focus in on today's operation. And you really have to find a way to mix those two together. Yeah, and, and you don't want everybody to be a rabble rouser. No. Because the deep knowledge of the experts in this business about why things are done the way they are and what the, the pitfalls are of doing them differently is, is hugely valuable. I mean, this is one of the reasons, again, that I think some of the insure techs will fail. They don't understand the business. Yep. And so you've got to have people who are deeply knowledgeable in this business and balance that with some of the folks who can see sideways. Yep. So, you know, how do companies figure out their path? I mean, you asked me that a moment ago. I, from my perspective, it's, it's taking that customer centricity, taking that, that customer experience framework and laying that and overlaying it against a journey map and thinking about if, if our goal is to help you protect yourself, Right. How would we demonstrate that in, I don't know, the billing process? How would we demonstrate that in the first notice of loss? How would we demonstrate that in the endorsement process? And yeah. brainstorming around those and then thinking through the different kinds of technologies that, that keep coming up over and over. The problem is if you think that you have to design the perfect customer experience completely before you can get started, you're paralyzed and you will never get started. On the other hand, if you don't think about that big picture and you just sort of randomly go from shiny object to shiny object, then you don't have a, a clear strategy and you won't be able to easily you know, reuse these technologies and these capabilities. So how do you figure out your path? I would say uh, be patient as you think it through, but be impatient. Uh, you know, don't wait too long. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, quite frankly, it's one of the most exciting times in my career to be in the industry because I see so much opportunity and potential that just kind of over the next decade, it's just, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I'm in such a great position here at Solent where we get to kind of look out over the industry and see what's happening and work with carriers as they make their own transition and provide them advice and guidance. And it's, it's completely fun. Yeah. So wrapping this up, uh, Carlin, one of the things I'd like to ask everybody is if you could pick one word or phrase to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why? You know, I thought about that because you sent me the questions in advance and I kept just coming back to the same questions, the same words, which are exciting and fun. I it, love that. Is, nobody, has, nobody said that yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, you know, you think about insurance and we've always been such a stodgy business and, you know, boring. I remember when I went to business school, I had been in the insurance industry before I went to business school and I planned to go back to the industry after. And I remember my classmates saying, why would you go to such a boring industry? And I remember thinking, boring? Wait a minute. This is an industry that's highly fragmented. This is not beat coke, right? 
this is an industry where you're selling a product that nobody wants to buy. And by the way, you can't see it or touch it or hear it or smell it. <laughs> it's highly <laughs> regulated. Like what could be funner? This is so complicated. <laughs> but, yeah. But be- that complexity has made us it kind of rooted in the way that things were. And, but what's happening today, this fundamental transformation in every aspect, completely exciting to watch, completely fun to be a part of. Yeah, I, I'd say the future of insurance is bright. <laughs> I love that. I know between you and I, we, get, we both have an, uh, an element of, of energy and positive and looking, get excited about all the, all the fun and interesting things that once again, it's a, it's a fun time to be in this industry. I think it's, it's going to be a bright future. Absolutely. Wait, what was that line? The future's so bright, you gotta wear shades. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I haven't heard that before. That's great. (laughs) Well, Carlin, thanks so much for your time today and your insights on this podcast. We, with you, are really excited about the future of insurance and really appreciate all the insights that you provide out to the industry, both yourself personally and Solent. Look forward to future conversations. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Delighted to be here today. Thanks, Denise.